0: Welcome. You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome again to Roswell Presbyterian Church. We're so glad you chosen to be here with us in worship today for this second Sunday of Advent. During the Advent season, our Discipleship Ministries team has put together an audio Advent devotional. It's every day. And various congregation members and staff have come together to write these contributions each day that are meant to kind of welcome us into the spirit of Advent, to nourish us spiritually as we take this journey towards Christmas, and you can find that on the podcast feed or you can find it on the church website um, at roswellpress.org. I also want to remind you that next Sunday at 4 p.m. in the sanctuary, we have the annual Glory of Christmas concert. This is a fantastic time, just a joyous event, a great great opportunity to invite friends and family to come and worship uh, at 4 p.m. in the sanctuary. And then I also want to remind you that at RPC, like a lot of nonprofits, we bring in a significant... uh, amount of our revenue in the last month of the year. So I want you to remember uh, RPC and your charitable year-end giving. Uh, Make the ministries happen here that make an impact in our community and world. Well, today we're going to continue by looking at the story of the Magnificat or Mary's song. Last week, we looked at Mary's journey to go to be with her cousin Elizabeth, who's also pregnant about six months ahead of Mary. And today we're going to look at what Elizabeth has to say to Mary upon Mary's arrival. So let us open our hearts, our minds, and our ears for the word of the Lord. Luke 1, verses 41 through 46 is our text. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher. That you might speak a word to our hearts that only you can speak. That you might shine a light on these concepts of blessed and blessedness and blessing. Lord, that we might receive your blessing and share it with the world. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've heard it said that we should bless others out of our own blessedness. And if that's true, then it's really important that we discern how we are blessed. Now, if you've seen the Cameron Crowe movie, Singles, that's the Seattle that I lived in in the 90s. And at the time, if you threw a rock in the air, you would either hit a person drinking a latte or someone starting a rock and roll band. And I got into the music scene. I went to multiple shows every week. I saw Pearl Jam and U2 in big stadiums. I saw Death Cab for Cutie and The Shins in these little tiny record stores. I saw Sunny Day Real Estate and Elliott Smith the last time they ever performed in Seattle. And I once heard Bob Dylan say that all you needed to write a great song was three chords and the truth. So I bought a guitar. I learned three chords. I thought I knew the truth. I must tell you, you need a lot more than that. Like you need to be able to carry a tune. <laughs> but that didn't stop me from playing around <laughs> Seattle at the time. at open mic nights. I played a couple concerts in the early 2000s. And somewhere in the dark corners of the, of the internet, there are recordings from those performances. And let's just say, I hope they stay there. As I was entertaining the thoughts of becoming a rock star, a good friend of mine came up to me and he said, Jeff, man, I love you. I'm a fan, but music is not your future. And I've heard it said, live in your strengths and work on your weaknesses. Music was a passion of mine, but it definitely was not a strength. I was not blessed with musical talent. And this was one of the times I was forced to ask myself, what are my strengths? What am I good at? What are the skills, gifts, the blessings that God has blessed and given to me? Because here's a spiritual principle. God often desires to bless others through how God has blessed you. And so it's important to recognize and discern how God has blessed you. We have to discern God's blessing in our lives. And this kind of d- discernment takes like ruthless self-reflection. Why is it ruthless? Because it's, it's forcing yourself to look in the mirror and see who you really are not to give in to illusions, not to give in to self-deception, but to say that's really who I am, to be honest with ourselves. I mean, think about it. What if Mary wasn't honest with herself about her current predicament? What if she said, that wasn't an angel. I don't believe in them. It must have been last night's sheep casserole. Or, or she would have looked in the mirror and said, that's not a bun in the oven, that's just a few extra LBs. This isn't a blessing, this is a a total inconvenience. No, Mary had, had to be honest with herself to recognize God's blessing, how God had blessed her. And her honesty allowed herself to experience that blessing and then to go on to bless others. I mean, I really wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to believe I had talent. I wanted to write hit songs. But that's just not how God blessed me. There's a sad thing. My wife and I, we, our mothers are both so gifted musically. And that giftedness skipped a generation. In fact, my, there's a famous story in my wife's family where she was learning to play the violin. She wanted to be in the youth orchestra. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you have somebody in your family who's learning to play the violin, it can be an unappetizing experience. And her mother who's, is a music teacher, comes into her bedroom and says, Court, Court, while you have many talents, the violin is not one of them. I think we need to return it. And that was kind of funny because it forced Courtney to, to have to think about what am I good at? And it freed her up to discern her blessedness so that she could go on and bless others. Live in your strengths. Work on your weaknesses. And so Mary goes to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth acknowledges Mary's blessedness. Listen to this. Elizabeth, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Sometimes we need someone else's help to help us see how we are blessed. Do you have people in your life that help you see how you've been blessed? Do you have friends who encourage your blessedness? Are you the kind of person that others can rely on to highlight how they're blessed? Notice how Luke describes the meeting. In verse 41, he says, "'When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting the child, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Who's the Elizabeth in your life? I have two significant subfolders in my email account. I have one, I think I may have mentioned this to you. It's called EGR, Extra Grace Required and I'm not gonna get into that one today. But I have another one, and I label it encouragement. And anytime anyone sends me a compliment or a word of encouragement or a blessing, I save it in there. And I save it for a rainy day, for one of those days I'm gonna feel down about myself, despairing, maybe feeling self-critical. The interesting thing about that Folder of encouragement emails is that the same sender, the same names pop up over time. And I began to think, wow, they just really love me. But then I went and talked to the rest of the staff. They said, oh no, they send me encouraging emails too. (laughs) Some people are given the spiritual gift of encouragement, we need them in our lives. We need them cheering us on. We need encouragement. We need people helping us see how we've been blessed. We are blessed to have a lot of Elizabeths here at RPC. We can learn a lot from these Elizabeths in our lives. Why? Because we need encouragement. Because oftentimes at that moment, blessing does not feel like a blessing at that moment. This happens all throughout scripture, that blessing oftentimes comes as a promise. It's a a promise, not a present reality. One of my favorite stories of this in the Bible comes in Genesis 12. It's the story of Abraham and Sarah. God comes down to Abraham. Abraham and Sarah, they're living in the land of Ur, which is like the center of civilization in the ancient Mesopotamian world. It's a metropolis, it's a happening place. It's where you want to be. And God comes to Abraham and he has a vision that God says, I want you to go to the promised land and I will bless you so that you can bless the world. Now this, this isn't a blessing that happens in the moments. it's a promise about the future. And I can just imagine Abraham coming home You know, waking up that morning, walking into the kitchen. Sarah had a vision last night. We're supposed to pack up, head to the promised land. Where? The promised land, land flowing with milk and honey. I can just see her saying, we'll need a little bit more than that. Can you put some meat on the bones? I can imagine her getting very practical. Abraham, I'm not meaning to be ageist, but you're 75 years old. Traipsing through the desert, you think that's a really good idea? To some... Promised land? We're in a happening place, but Abraham and Sarah respond to God's call and they change the trajectory of human history. I'm not exaggerating. And they go to the promised land and they experience God's blessing and God works through them, blesses them, so that they may bless the world. But it's critical to see the belief comes before the blessing. And so here we see Elizabeth declares that Mary is blessed because of the baby she bears. It's God's promise for the future. You know, in 1723, Johann Sebastian Bach took a post as the choirmaster in Leipzig, Germany. And shortly thereafter, he composed his famous Magnificat. And I didn't realize this, but there were lots of Magnificats being written at the time. And they were usually long and drawn drawn out. And Bach, and this was part of his singular genius, genius, he said, I want mine to be punchy, to be direct, to be quick. And so it goes barely 30 minutes. And in writing the Magnificat, Bach says two things about it. He had two fundamental convictions. Number one, that Mary sang the Magnificat. And the second is, that we are supposed to follow her in singing it. In other words, Mary's song is supposed to become our song. We're supposed to sing it. So when Elizabeth says to Mary, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord, we're supposed to see that as our song. And so our question then becomes, how has God blessed you? And one of the ways we've all been blessed is the promise God has made to us through that baby in in Mary's womb. Several years ago, I read a book by the American theologian, Robert Jensen. It's called Story and Promise. And in the book, Jensen is trying to make an argument about how God's story, revealed in Jesus Christ, intersects with our story. And he interprets the good news of Jesus in terms of what he calls, in terms of promise. His argument is so elegant and so basic. I'm just, I can't believe I'd never seen it before or thought of it. And he says that we all make promises of one kind or another. You make promises at work. I'll respond to your email when I get back to my office. Some make promises to our kids. I promise I will pick you up from school. You make a promise when you get married. I will be your spouse for richer, or poor through sickness and in health. We all make promises. But eventually we know that people let us down. People forget to keep their promises. And even the greatest promise keepers will find that their promises come to an end. Why? Because we will all die. And in death, our promises come to an end. This is why in our marital vows, We say, I will be your husband for richer or poor, in sickness and health as long as we both shall live. Because we recognize that you can't be held to your promises if you've died. All our promises end in death. And so who is the only person to have ever defeated death? Well, the Apostles' Creed says, Jesus Christ who was crucified, dead and buried and rose on the third day. Jesus is the only one who can truly keep his promises because he's defeated death in resurrection. And so God in Jesus Christ is the true promise keeper, the true one that keeps promises, and we can trust in it. And because of that blessing that Mary bears in a room, all of humanity is blessed through God, what God has done, and that God will keep God's promises. It's for all creation. Now, during Advent, we're invited and called to remind each other of this blessing. And I mentioned to you, I had to let my dream of being a rock star die many years ago. But I've recently found it resurrected. Several nights a week, I hear chants calling me to perform. And the cheers won't stop until I've sung. It's like they can't move on with their lives until they've heard me perform. And they chant, Daddy, sing, Jesus loves me. Sing, Jesus loves me. And I can't move on until I've sung the blessing of God. And so I perform for them. Jesus loves me. I, I do like the Beastie Boys. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Josh Groban. Jesus loves me. This I. My favorite is James Brown. Jesus loves me. This I know. Hey. For the Bible tells me so. Ha. <laughs> I hear Jesus loves me. All around the day. And my dream of being a rock star is fulfilled in ways that I never expected. Never saw it coming. Frederick Buechner once said, our vocation and our calling is where our deep gladness meets the world's great need. And every time and every night I sing Jesus Loves Me, I'm blessing my son in spite of my lack of talent, but I have so much fun doing it. And we are called to remind each other how we are blessed. We are to bless others. I love the words of Bach, who once wrote, when there is devotional music, God with his grace is always present. God has blessed all of humanity in Jesus Christ. And the question is, how are we gonna make music out of that blessing? Elizabeth recognizes her blessedness. Mary recognizes her blessedness. My question to you is, how has God blessed you? Maybe you have been blessed musically. Well, then go and bless others. Have you been blessed with financial resources? Bless others. Are you a blessing in the kitchen? Then bless others. However God has blessed you, go and bless others. Bless out of your own blessedness. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the good news that we hear in this magnificat, this great relationship, this friendship between Mary and Elizabeth. Lord, I pray that you might reveal to us how we have been blessed so greatly and that we might take that blessing and use it to bless others. We might shine that blessing in a world that desperately needs it. In your name we pray, amen. been listening to the rpc sermons podcast please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register may the grace and love of god be with you today and throughout the rest of your week thanks for listening